Do you wonder about past lives? Have you ever thought about where your soul has been? Where it's going? Or what lessons and memories have been gathered along the way? In this podcast, we will discuss past life memories, psychic phenomena, energy healing, and other metaphysical topics with experts and the average person to find out how we can heal through these experiences. So I invite you to join me on my journey. Welcome to the Regression Session. to be a podcaster anymore now i can just be you're back to being a dad now <laughs> myself yeah a dad and a dude and sometimes a dud <music> welcome back to the regression session my name is ian welcome to the regression session for any new listeners thanks for tuning in we love you a couple of things before we get started in this week's episode We've reached the top 10% of podcasts as a community, but only 30% of you have actually clicked follow in your podcast players, so dang it, (laughs) click follow. And then secondly, I've partnered up with the former president of the American Association for Hypnotherapy, Dr. Bruce Koloski, to assist up-and-coming past life regression hypnotherapists and clinical hypnotherapists with attaining a board certification through the Association of Hypnotherapy via Dr. Koloski. If you want to take advantage of that, he is offering a 25% discount through my show if you reach out to him. Go ahead and check out the link in the description where you can contact him and just let him know that you were that you heard about it on my show. This week, we're going to be hearing from Patty K. Hall. Patty is a practitioner of deep memory process, and I had no idea what that was before I had a conversation with Patty. Um, It's almost like a past life regression, but it utilizes your entire body, your energetic body, your spiritual body, your mental body, and your physical body. And it It's a very deep healing process that takes hours and hours and hours and a lot of expertise, which Patty has, and she was very happy to share it with me on my show. So big thanks to Patty for coming on my show and telling me a lot about deep memory process. I'm excited to share this with my audience today, and I hope that you guys get a kick out of learning about deep memory process. So without further ado, here's my conversation with Patty. Hey, Patty, thanks for coming on to the show. Thank you for having me, Ian. Absolutely. I've been looking forward to having you on, but before we get started, just for my audience's sake, if you don't mind telling us a little bit about yourself, just so that we can get to know you, and then we can just jump right into it. Okay. Well, my name is Patty Hall, and I um, have a place called Connecticut Center for Past Life Regression. It's in Old Saybrook, Connecticut. And I do past life regression there. I do Reiki. I do shamanic journey. I do shamanic work. Um, I do classes, workshops, all kinds of things uh, to help 
people resolve some kind of wound to bring healing, to bring awareness, to bring education is a really big thing for me. Even when I'm working with regression, it's always about education. And um, it wasn't what I was planning on saying, but it came out. That is the bottom line to my work is educating people, healing, doing healing in a way that they learn something about themselves. It's um, We had talked earlier in uh, one of our conversations about the spiritual journey that people take um, or that they're on or that they're suddenly on or they've been on for 50 years or they've been on for, you know, 50 hours. Uh, all of those have the same intention and that's to learn. They want to learn about mostly their soul's journey. What am I here for? What have I been here for? What are my, you know, what has a soul been doing in past lives? What's it doing in this lifetime? They want to get on with it, bottom line. And they don't know what the it is. And so that is part of the work that I do when I'm working with people is helping them find out what that it is that has been stopping them from moving forward, finding out what the it is that they're wanting to do in this lifetime. And by that, I don't mean career. I mean, just as a soul, as, as a as soul growth. Um, I started off my whole life just remembering past lives, didn't have a context to put it in. Um, I dreamed a lot of, uh, past life experiences. I would have them in waking moments. Again, didn't have a context for it. And, um, in the late, uh, let's see, late eighties, I started just to have these spontaneous experiences of meeting people and I would, you know, shake their hand or give them a hug would even be stronger, but I would start getting flashes and I'd start getting you know, whole scenes. I, was, I always get things like a whole movie plays in front of me. I hear a sound. I see pictures. It just, it just flashes like a movie. And it was happening more and more and more. And then in the late 90s, um, I was at an astrology workshop and met uh, Patricia Walsh there, who was Roger Wilgers, who developed Deep Memory Process. He wrote the book, Other Lives, Other Selves. Uh, he is a Jungian analyst. He was a preeminent uh therapist who really developed past life regression as a therapy. Um, his interest wasn't whether or not past lives are real, whether or not reincarnation was real, but rather to create a therapy that works. He said he would get tired of um you know talking about the same thing with clients and he felt like after decades of seeing some of them that they weren't really getting anywhere. They were just talking about the issue, but not moving through an issue. And so he set on this journey to develop what is now called deep memory process as a way to just plow through the nature of the wound and release it once and for all. And he was able to do that. So what sometimes I've had people come in and say they've been in decades of therapy and in, you know, one afternoon we're, we got farther than they were able to get in decades. And so he was successful in developing deep memory process. And it's not just a, um, a past life regression. It is the, be that is the beginning of his process. In deep memory process, the story that comes through in the regression is just the means, he used to say, it's just the means to the death. 
And it's that after the death that the real healing takes place. And after that point, it becomes very shamanic. And he used to say that all the time. And in my mind, I'm saying, well, what does that mean? Because I didn't know. And so that led me into studying shamanism. And I did private study for a few years. Um, and that made everything make sense. And, and you know how one thing in a spiritual thing leads to the next, leads to the next, leads to the next. So that was a huge breakthrough for me. And then, um, uh, and I think around 2009 or about 2000, about the same time, actually, I found Clay Loma Caillou out in um, Arizona, out in Cottonwood. And but it wasn't about 10 years later that I actually went out to you know, work with him. And then I went out again with him and subsequently edited three books with him. And I've just always been very fortunate to have what I felt like the best in the field drop in my path to help me learn what I needed to learn. And so working with Clay really changed my work um, in, a, in a very different way. And so, you know, the class I met Patricia Walsh was, um, was an astrology class. I've studied astrology for about 50 years. So blending all of these things together to create a whole, which is what the healer does is, you know, they're, they're bringing their best tools together to create a whole healing. So using all those things, I've been able to quickly with astrology be able to figure out in minutes here's what the issue is where i tell people they'll say well i can tell you what the issue is i said i don't want you to tell me what the issue is because if you knew you wouldn't be here first of all i just want to look at the piece of paper and it'll tell me in a minute we can bypass all that and we can get right to the work and it works so we can quickly get to the point in the regression we're going to lifetimes which always end up emerging in the astrology chart. We always see the nature of the wound there, but then breaking through, um, you know, I, I don't have to tell somebody uh, go to a lifetime when blah, blah, blah. The soul is going to serve up whatever it needs to heal. And so there's this trust factor in the process of just letting emerge what wants to emerge. And I, realize I'm kind of getting off of you asked me who I you know who I am but this is who I am <laughs> no you're, you're totally fine you know you brought up a few things that I'd like to touch on the first thing is you you mentioned that the practitioner is going to take all of their modalities all of their different techniques and blah 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 and put them all together to get a result. Well, I actually have a quote from someone that came on my show a little while ago that I think you might like. His name's John Povey. And he said, all energies are like musical notes. All healers are the players of those notes. When the healer places the notes in the correct order, a symphony will be produced. And so I wanted to say, like, I, I appreciate you saying that because it really lines up with with what I've been talking about with people. And then the second thing that you were talking about that I really liked and has been a vein <clears throat> for me lately. I've been really every single person lately that I've talked to has kind of brought this up. And I think there's a reason for that. I really don't believe in coincidences anymore, but is, is the, the therapy thing. So 
um, when we're talking about how people will go into therapy for months and months and years and even up to decades and still be trying to work through the same trauma. And and when we were first talking before we started recording, you said people don't know what their wound is, but they just know the symptom. And from my experience, what people will do in therapy is they'll spend time working through the symptoms, but they'll never push past that and get to the actual wound. And that is a big thing that I've been talking about with a lot of people lately. In fact, I even had a therapist come onto my show and, and talk about this. So I'm really glad that you brought that up because I think that therapy has its place. I really I believe that it's a great starting place, but I don't I don't necessarily think anymore that it's that effective. And that might be controversial for some people to hear, but I don't really think that therapy is really all that effective for the vast majority of people. And that might be something that I get in trouble for saying, but we'll see. <laughs> well, I think that's something that we share, you know, as far as past lives go, you know, it's in both of our charts that, you know, these, these wounds, you know, damned if you do, damned if you don't, you know, I get in trouble if I say it, I get in trouble if I don't say it, you know, it just kind of, there's, there's no middle ground on it, but, um, there's an article and I didn't read the whole thing. I just read, I have a tendency to just read like the top paragraph, whatever, and then skim the rest. But there's an article that I saw like on a feed, like on the, you know, on the computer, like, you know, you get like a little sidebar of things to read this thing. Um, just that point you just made, which is the article is about the growing awareness that therapy, traditional therapy doesn't, I don't want to say it doesn't work but isn't doing what their intention is as far as, you know, really breaking through some stuff. And one of the things that I do that, you know, people, when they hear this, they, I can hear the, uh, on the other end of the phone, but when they come experience it, they're happy. And I explain it this way is my sessions are five or six hours. And you know, people say, well, you know, I've only got like a couple hours. And they go, well, then you can't come. I, I don't say it that way. But, <laughs> but <laughs> well, then I don't want you. <laughs> I don't say it that way, but I explain it this way: is I very, very early in my learning how to do deep memory process, um, I had a mentor, and she had been studying this for ten years already when I started. And I asked her, like I always ask any teacher, was what's the secret? Um, not that there's some magical secret, but, you know, people develop their own, their own secrets that work for them. And not that they're keeping them from other people, but if somebody doesn't ask, they're not just going to explain it. But, um, and she said, I let people open up in their time, not my time. And I said, well, what do you mean? She says, I'll just let them, you know, lay on, well, we work on the floor and a mat on the floor so people don't fall off a table, really. Um, she said, I'll just let them lay there as long as they want. She said, because if I let them lay there long enough, They'll finally open up. And that was so profound for me to hear because I had worked with her and she was able to get me to places that I said, well, she was just the best, but I didn't know she was just letting me open in my time. And this is a big thing when I'm talking to people on the phone, that's a big aha moment for them is that awareness that that's why it's so long because I said, first of all, you don't know me from Adam and you're calling me up and saying, you know, I want to do this work. And what you're really asking me is, you know, I want you to heal my soul wound. And I said, 
there's got to be fear there. It's like, you know, I, I'm not going to just walk into some place where I've never met somebody before and say, here, here's my soul. I'm going to bear it and I want you to heal it. It's just, there's too much fear involved in that. And so I always talk to somebody on the phone, a lot of times half an hour to an hour ahead of time, just for me, I want to get a feel for what's going on. I get a lot off of voice vibration. Um, I want them to feel comfortable with me before they even walk through my door. And one of the things we talked about, again, on the reason why it's a long day is because for me, I just personally, this is born out of, you know, my own personal experiences. If you have a therapist appointment, it's an hour, maybe 50 minutes, maybe 45. It would take me an hour to tell them what my story is. No therapy on their part, no feedback, just just my story. And I'm not going to tell them because I'm not going to be able to get any help with it. And I've had people say this to me that they're, they say, boy, that's right, because I'll tell my story and then I've got to hold it for another whole week before I go back again. And then I'm telling, you know, we're always constantly adjusting to what feels like residual mini trauma from having to reopen a wound that they can't close in that hour. And so they don't open. They, they learn, just feed out little stuff, little stuff, little stuff. And so by offering that five or six hour span, and I tell them, I don't finish until we're finished. That could be, it. I say, don't make an appointment on a day when you have nothing else to do, because that subconscious part of that, I've got to be here by seven. I got to be here by six. I got to go to the store and pick up that. I got to go. I got people coming over for dinner. I've learned this from the hard way. It always becomes the number one thing in their mind while we're working. And it's this, it's undoing what we're trying to do and they can never settle down. So I said, look, just take the day for yourself. And, and so when they've taken that off the plate and they realize they have the whole day and I'm not going to push them to open up at any certain time or any amount, they're just going to just open like a flower in their time at their comfort rate. And when it's time for me to push, then I push because that is what my job is, is to get right in there and get out what needs to come out. And, but at the same time, they have to trust me to do it. And I learned that as a student doing this is there were certain times when I was really confident the person who was working with me, I worked with them before and I know, okay, if I'm going to go deep, they're going to get the job done. And the other times when I've had somebody who's a new student and they're just learning how to do it, I think, well, I'm not going to open up for this because they don't even know how to close it. And so, you know, and that comes with experience learn, you know, being regressed is I've got that much control to do that. And so I've just learned if I just give them, I mean, I've had somebody there one time, like seven hours and, you know, I only take one client a day because we got far. But like in that last half an hour, all of a sudden, something really big opened up. And I think, whoa, I could have ended it a half an hour ago. But we finally, it's like we took this quantum leap into some really deep soul wound because she inched her way closer to feeling comfortable and confident in doing it. And so this is, you know, part of my really learning, yes, the process, but also the value of time in that process and letting 
that time be allowed for them to go at their pace. One thing that you said that was really interesting to me was when you were talking about how you kind of let people open up on their own time because, and, and your sessions are, you said, you know, four to five hours up five to, to seven, sometimes five to six, I, yeah, five to six hours, excuse yeah. me. And, a- um, you know, a lot of regressionists that I've talked to and that I've seen recordings of and experienced them doing the work, they, they'll poke and prod and push and scooch and, and whatever, <laughs> whatever you want to, however you want to say, it, you know, they'll, they'll be, they'll be trying to drag it out of you for, you know, for lack of a better way to say that. And I, you know, it's, I've seen this on, on, um, I, I moderate a forum online on Reddit called past lives and people will get on there and they'll be like, Hey, you know, I should have passed life regression and it didn't even work. I did. I didn't even feel like I was able to go into hypnosis because the guy just or the or the lady just kept on. Are you? Are you? What are you seeing? You know, blah blah blah, blah and they'll just keep pushing and pushing. So it's really interesting. Uh, are they in hypnosis the entire time that you're doing that? No, I don't actually. It's a hypnosis is a phrase other people use because they don't know what it is I'm doing, and I kind of quit correcting people. Because <laughs> this is when people think about past life regression, they just think about hypnosis because that's it's just part of the mainstream. We'll say deep memory process is not hypnosis because you don't have to be in hypnosis to access a past life story, and so it's actually more effective to not be in hypnosis. So I am a certified hypnotherapist because when I was taking deep memory process training with Roger Warger, he used to always have to answer this question when students would come in, is this hypnosis? Why isn't it hypnosis? And it's just like constant, like every time. So I studied with him for eight years. So I heard a lot of new students coming in. Um, I assisted in some trainings and I've been around it for a long time while he was alive. Unfortunately, he's passed away, but, um, and he would have to answer the question, why is this not hypnosis? And so I took hypnotherapy to find out firsthand why it wasn't hypnosis so I could answer the question. I'll give you an example. If you're sitting watching a movie and all of a sudden you feel like, oh my God, this is so familiar. I, I know this place. I know this. Life. I, I feel like this is like one of my own lifetimes, especially war movies. People get triggered all the time. Um, you're on the brink of being in a past life regression. Um, you have an overwhelming emotion of any kind. You're on the brink of being in a past life regression. You can be very, very alert and awake. My first experience was an eyes wide open experience where I saw everything in front of me happening. So I don't work with people with their eyes wide open because it helps them go in, but you can absolutely access a past life from you know, just a physical pain. You can access it from an emotional pain. Um, you can access it from a thought by focusing on a thought. What happens in hypnosis is you putting somebody into a, um, we'll say a guided meditation or something like that, where they're going deeper, 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 deeper. 
and they're actually getting kind of farther away from the potential for healing. It's kind of, it pushes it deeper into the subconscious. They're going deeper, deeper, deeper. Or deep memory process, it's about getting it to the surface and getting it out, really accessing, getting the physical body in action. I'll give you an example. Um, if I'm in a story and I'm, or let's say, for instance, I'm not in a story, but I have a client in a story and they're really mad. And, and I may say to them, you know, well, what, you know, what I'm seeing in their hand, something going on. And I'm saying like, you know, like, do you have something in your hand? They'll say, I have a knife in my hand. Well, I'm, I have a whole set of props, all stage props. I'll put a knife in their hand. And it's, and it's a stage prop, it's a foam knife, but putting it in the hand awakens cellular memory. And that starts feeding the story. And then that anger and the rage starts coming up because that having the knife in the hand all of a sudden makes it real. And all of a sudden they're feeling like they're in this real live action thing. And I've got like a massive pillow that I put up and they start stabbing at it. It's like, you know, they're in it. They're in the story. So this idea of, you know, of getting the physical body in, um, engaged, getting the emotions engaged, you know, they're screaming, yelling, I'm going to kill you. I'm going to kill you. And they're, this is all pent up um history we'll say pent up history that they didn't even know <laughs> sometimes when they're finished they go wow i never knew i had that in me <laughs> and and so it's a very different type of getting into a story now not everybody goes there because not every story is about that you know sometimes the stories are about emotional wounds where they're just laying there crying the whole time you're finding out what's the emotion source, you know, what is the source of the tears, you know, um, where you left, um, you know, on the edge of the, on the edge of the ocean, watching your husband's ship leave, never to be seen again. Well, that's a big wound, um, you know, where they never saw somebody again, the love of their life left and they've got five kids and he never comes home. They get no closure. Um, all these types of wounds have emotional, you know, and sometimes physical elements to them. And it's going into all those four bodies of physical, mental, spiritual, emotional bodies. There's a wound on, for the most part, almost every layer. And you have to go in to each one of those layers and tick that box. You know, what is the physical? When you, when you get stabbed, you've got a physical wound. I have people come in all the time with, you know, they got to, I find, ask them, where's the pain? And then maybe they'll point to their chest or they'll point to their abdomen. And I'll say, you know, what does it feel like? And they'll say, well, it's as if I've been stabbed. Well, that's the story. That is the story. The story's in the language. You know, um, my mother used to say all the time, and this isn't something I caught on to until I, you know, got training where we were really taught to, li- taught to listen to language. My mother used to say, she was always using the phrase about hanging. She would say, hang in there. Or he kept me hanging. It's all this hanging stuff. And I realized, you know, as a student, it's like, oh my God, that's, that's her story. It's his hanging story. Um, he left me holding the bag. I remember one time I used to say that a while and then actually went into a past life story where I was, you know, part of a, you know, Wild West bank robber gang. I was the shill, <laughs> you know, but at the end of the robbery, there was a big shootout and they handed the, the bag of money to me. <laughs> And then guess who got caught? You know, it was, it was me. So this idea of left holding the bag. So the language, listening to language 
Um, there's so many things right on the surface that are running as part of everybody's, of people's lives, of everyday life. Um, going into, this is what Roger Ward was so brilliant about, about really exploring was that you don't have to go into hypnosis to get this stuff. It's right on the surface. Knowing what you're looking for and bringing it up rather than down is a very different way of getting it and just, um, and then getting it out, you know, letting them express it. Once it's expressed, it's over and, and energetically, um, over going in looking for soul retrieval as part of deep memory process. Um, finding out who hasn't passed over, where do they go? And most of the time they don't cross over. They, they linger at the family farm. They linger about like a, by a stream. They're in a tree. They're in a field of flowers. That's kind of like the four main places, um, that a soul fragment will hang out. Finding that, helping that crossover makes a massive difference in the lives of the living. Um, so there's a lot of energy shifting that happens in deep memory process that doesn't happen um, or doesn't happen the same way on any level in hypnosis. So um, I, I always do make the correction with people when they start saying, you know, hypnosis or hypnotherapy. It's like, okay, yeah, I'm certified in it, but that's not what I use in doing regressions. Um, for some people, for a lot of people, I'll do a guided journey to get started only because it's what they know. It's what they're comfortable with. And because I've noticed over the last couple of years, as you were saying earlier, Ian, about um, COVID opening up, um, it might have been in a different conversation we had, but COVID opening this up for a lot of people. Um, there are a lot of uh, people who've never done anything before um, where deep memory processes is a pretty heavy experience. To it, it isn't a place to start. Um, having awareness about um, uh, just something, some kind of energy shifting is helpful. And so over the last couple of years, I've kind of had to figure out, okay, how do I access uh, this same type of experience for somebody who's never done anything before? Um, because it is deep work. It's not, it's not lightweight stuff. And so I started doing guided journeys for the people who've never done anything before because it's, it's, it's easier. You know, it's just, okay, let's wade into this a little bit easier. Um, and then as they're comfortable with that, then, okay, then we can kind of launch off into the other, but I just kind of use it as the wade in thing, but really I don't want them disengaged at all. I want them fully engaged, live action, they hear the traffic, they know they're there. But at the same time, because the consciousness can split at the same time, they're in their story. And so they can be conscious of what we're doing. And they can be conscious. I, I explained to them like they're in a play, right? You can be Mary Poppins on the stage, but you never forget you're Betty Smith, you know, whoever you are, but, you know, get the point. Um, and so it's the same thing. You can play act as much as you want to really give life to this past life that you have to really put it into full action, um, just allow it to emerge. And in doing that, they find a depth that they didn't know they had. They find, they bring back parts of themselves that has been lost. 
for people who've lost their power going back to a powerful lifetime and feeling what it felt like to be in the Coliseum and being a gladiator for women to experience that is hugely empowering. Um, going back to, you know, for women, especially women lifetimes are often, um, disempowering. It's just kind of the nature of a lot of the lifetimes for women. Um, mm. but going to a male lifetime where they've had power changes them. It's just like, no, I'm not taking crap anymore. Kind of a, kind of a personal, and it stays with them. So when we bring back, especially in a sword retrieval, when we bring back a fragment, um, the good qualities of the soul comes back as well. Maybe it's the creative one that was lost. Maybe it's the, the um, strong one. Maybe it was the emotional one. Maybe it's the playful one. But all these traits and qualities of the character who is in the story comes back with a soul retrieval. So that, for me, sword retrieval is a big thing for me. Um, and it's something I look for and go after in any session with somebody because I know the value of it. It's, it makes a huge energy shift and it makes an energy shift for people who are in the story that you don't even know. So, um, anyway, I'm not sure if I so, answered. No, you did. That was, that was fabulous. So what I like to do is I, I'm, I like to kind of, uh, package things up for my audience to make it very digestible. So just to take a minute to speak to the audience here, essentially what you're saying is we have, everybody uses different techniques to try to facilitate healing. We live in this life physically. And, and for, for, I, I would say like the majority of human existence that that's been the main focus because We've had to struggle to survive. So, you know, most people have focused on the physicality side of life. Recently, we've been delving into the mental side of things, and that's where we get the conversation with therapy and things like that. And we've dabbled in the spiritual side. Um, but really, we exist physically, mentally, spiritually, and energetically or emotionally. I use those two as kind of synonyms, emotional, energetic, I what think they're. I think they're different. Just well, you know, if you want to say five. Well, we could say five. We, yeah. we, we exist in, in multiple layers. Yeah. Now, <clears throat> this soul or deep memory processing, it's going to facilitate healing on all four or five of those levels. Whereas hypnosis is going to just kind of get you in the door. It's like what, what actually got me interested in like metaphysical stuff was like seeing ghost videos online. That was really my first like exposure to metaphysical and then slowly moved into all this stuff. So I totally can see where you're saying where like the body needs to act out why, how it was hurt the you need to feel the anger you need to feel you know how did your soul feel after you had died or whatever happens right whatever comes across you need to experience all those things and so this deep memory processing thing essentially for anybody that might be confused is like instead of just accessing your your core or your soul memory through hypnosis um, instead of just going to a doctor and getting patched up, um, instead of going to just therapy and talking about your feelings, it's it's doing all of those things together in, in one shot, basically. So you're hitting each layer of existence 
with this. And now, now I can, you know, that makes a lot more sense as to why it would be five, six, seven hours because that's a lot of layers. Um, one tangent that I wanted to ask you, just a quick question, is um, those you mentioned like soul pieces being in by a stream or in a tree or in a field of flowers or whatever. Would you consider those to be ghosts? For well, lack they are. Of a better term. Well, right. That's oh. what a ghost is. It's a soul fragment. Okay, thank you. So, okay. so one thing passed over, right? Yeah. So, w- interesting thing on that, by the way. I agree with you. That's what I've always said. Um, yeah. I, I, I do this thing sometimes that happens when I do spiritual hypnosis, which is what I call it. It's called soul rescue, where I'll kind of channel a, a soul fragment that's not mine, and you can tell if it's not yours. Um, cause all you gotta do is ask, like, are you me or are you someone else? And it'll tell you anybody who's listening. If you've listened to episode 51 of my show, um, where I was working with a soul fragment named Bart, it's an actual, reg- um, hypnosis recording. Um, the place that he was sitting was a field of flowers, which is kind of very, very interesting that you said that. Cause I've, I didn't know that, that was a thing, but I have evidence that has happened to me that kind of backs up and corroborates what you're saying. So that's very interesting. Um, so that was just kind of a weird, a weird tangent to go off on, but I wanted to point that out. I feel like for whatever reason, someone needed to hear that. So, um, anyway, (sighs) very interesting. I just want to add to that. It was there actually is another place that just popped into my mind and that's up in a tree, up in a, up in a tree. And the up in a tree comes a lot of times for somebody. If, if when they died, they were in a situation, um, especially like in wartime, you know, and they're running through the woods, right? You know, they're just, um, and, and they take a bullet and all of a sudden the fragment wants this, the fragment thinks it's still alive, right? And they're still, like, they're still fighting the fight. You know, these battlefield ghosts, they just don't know the war's over. And up in a tree is a safe place because they'll just let all the action going on down below. Well, they're safe up in a tree. <laughs> so just like I said, there's another, there's another thing there. Um, uh, but I, you know, working, I'm not sure how you work, but just from what you said, you know, having a dialogue with the spirit. Um, I do teach a class with, you know, working with those who are um, related to us, which are the ancestors and those who aren't related to us, which I call the others um, of working with those energies to help them cross over. Because there is a a particular way to do it that's safe and loving, and a lot of times you're going into a past life with them, you know. And so this is another way to work. And so sometimes when somebody comes, as they're coming for regression, but we find out the real issue is actually maybe ancestral, or it has to do with the others. And so um, again, if that's what comes, that's what comes. So just being you know fluid and letting whatever has to emerge because how I describe working is we're just working with the energy that presents itself. You know, we come in with an intention of, okay, it's, this is the issue. You know, what is, because usually people have an idea of why they're coming out. It's the first thing I ask them on the phone. What's the reason? You know, what brings you to inquire? Um, you know, people generally have a, a specific reason for calling they're feeling stuck um is a, is a big one and covid triggered that that's been it 
didn't used to be the number one reason people call, but since COVID, COVID really triggered this for people, this idea of being stuck, is it? Because they are. They're, they're, we were in lockdown for X amount of months or whatever. And it triggered a lot of people who aren't used to that lifestyle of like, uh, you know, and they didn't know what got triggered. And after I, after I'm stuck came, I'm no longer stuck, but I can't move forward. That was the next theme. Um, and then after that, it was, I'm no longer stuck and I can move forward, but I don't know where to go. And so there's these kind of layers of, of, you know, change and, uh, triggers, layers of triggers that kind of emerged and, uh, you know, I'm still getting the same story when people call it, it's, it's stuck. I don't know where to go. It's, you know, I can't move forward. But, but the other thing that really came from COVID, and this is, I think, the silver lining is people not wanting to waste time anymore. You know, I'm just going to get on this journey. I'm going to get going. I'm going to go as fast as I can because, you know, we don't know how much time there is. And they realize that if I'm going to get started, I'm just going to get started. I'm going to give it all I can. And so that was like another thing. There's So there's a huge push right now, as you were alluding to earlier, about you know therapy and, and people aren't wanting to do, not everybody for sure. I don't mean that at all, but there's some people that just want to, increase that time frame it's like i don't want this to go on for decades i want it now we have, we're a want it now society you know when you find out you can come in a day and break through something quickly you know why spread that out um and and that's not everybody's thinking but it is for some people it's like no i just i just i like to process things fast i like to move through things fast so i don't want to spend all kinds of time on this when i could be doing something else you know, I want to, I want to work through it quickly if there's a way to do it. And so, you know, my fear factor in that is like almost zero because I just, I want it that bad. I don't care what it's going to take, you know, just, I'm not worried about, it. I'm going to cry. <laughs> right. Well, you know, one thing that one, one problem that I think people run into with this too, like people who are on the outside. And I had this when I, when I was talking to, um, Joshua Turhoon on my or Turhoon on my podcast a few episodes ago. He's a licensed therapist. <clears throat> he we had this discussion about how people when they when we talk about these different modalities and we talk about these different techniques, you know, like you, Patty, I would look at you and I would say you're really far down the rabbit hole, right? Like you're you're in deep, you're in yeah. really really deep, right? Yeah. But there's yeah. people that are definitely out and for those people when they look at at us and they're talking to somebody who let's just say does past life regression and someone's anxiety gets deleted immediately like after like a 40 minute session permanent anxiety gone right they'll look at you and they'll say that is too good to be true you're lying you're uh, trying to get money from me. Um, you know, this that's not real. You're, you guys are overhyping this. But the reality is, is that it actually is that effective. And you can get rid of your anxiety. All you have to do is allow it to work. You can get rid of all this stuff. You can get rid of your depression and all, all those things. And that, that's in no way for anybody listening, me saying that, like, let's just say depression, medication, 
if you need it, get it, right? If that's the step for you you need, definitely get that. But like you can get rid of all these things with these modalities. It's not too good to be true. It actually is that effective. Um, so at what point, Patty, would you say that deep memory processing is like the go-to? So is it like, obviously I know anybody could probably come to you and you'd be like, yeah, for sure, let's do it, right? But but is there a point where like you think that maybe you should try like past life regression first or maybe you should do like a chakra balancing or an astrology reading or whatever? Like is there some point where you're like, you know what, this is a good point to insert deep memory processing into your um, your healing journey. Does that make well, sense? It, it, it does. I'm just going to make a couple little, you know, it's deep memory process. Just if people are looking for it, it's deep memory process, not processing. I just didn't bother correcting because I think it was a one-shot deal, but it's just deep memory process, number one. But when I'm working with somebody, um, my very first thing I do, part of this five or six hours thing is, I always do the astrology chart, no matter who comes to me. Always. I want to know if they're going to walk through my door. First of all, I don't let everybody walk through my door. I don't take everybody who calls and says, hey, I want to come. What I want to know on the phone first is, is my work what you're looking for? So I weed. I don't have people saying, oh, you're charging, trying to get to me. I don't have that happen. Um, they're not calling me. I'm in a very specific niche. Um, mine isn't usually the place to start, as I said. Um, uh, if somebody calls and says, I'm just curious, I just say, I'm not what you're looking for. It's not my job. And I said this to you, it's not my job to prove to you this is real. It's not my job to convince you it's real. I'm not going to spend my time during our session doing that. That's your job to do before you come. When you've done your homework and you're ready to come, that's when you come. So my stuff isn't a beginning thing. They want to come for Reiki session. I'll do that because that's just another offering that I have. Um, I do do just astrology. I'll just do that. Um, I do uh, shamanic journey workshops. They, that's a really great place to begin for people who've never done anything. And what it does is it helps them, especially people with a lot of fear. It's a really non, uh, provocative is the word that comes. It's, it's, it's not scary. Uh, um, it's gentle. And they can just kind of wade their self into the whole idea that there's some other way to access some other thing, that some other point of awareness. Um, and so sometimes I'd recommend that first as a step. It's like, just let's, you're not, I feel like they're not, because I'll often ask, do you think I'm ready for that? And I'll, sometimes I'll say, I don't feel like you're ready for that. Because if you're going to fight the process, then you know, why I'm really conscientious about people um, wasting money. Like, if you're not ready to do it, then don't do it. Um, I want people coming when they're ready to really work and go for it. Um, I'm really direct 
when I speak with people. I start with the astrology chart first so we can get a, I would say it's a foundation for any work we ever do. There's a foundation. I'm looking at the chart. I want to see what the soul wounds have been in the past. I want to see what the soul's doing in this lifetime. And I can see that in the chart. So we know what these wounds are. Um, and then that gives us a context when we're working. What are we, what, what kind of stories might we experience coming up? Is your, uh, do you have a, um, a tendency for your soul having, uh, lifetimes of being stuck versus lifetimes of crisis? Cause there's always this polarity, like two sides of the same coin, that stuckness versus, versus crisis. Um, or are you in a situation where it's about the independent one versus in relationships? And so I want to find out what that is. And every single time I do this with people, they say, this has just been the best thing. Um, they can get, they start getting their feet on the ground. And my number one goal in working with people is always to empower them. It's not about, I am not interested in, um, uh, I'll just forget. I'm just not, it's taking too long to figure it out. It comes after that. But my interest is empowering them, bottom line. Um, oh, I know what I was going to say. So I'm most interested in me taking their power. I'll give an example. When people ask me questions, well, what do you think about this? I, it's not about what I think about it. It's about what do you think about it? You know? I'm not going to tell you what your truth is. I want you to find out what your truth is. This is why we're doing the work so we can take them to an experience that they're having that they can validate on their own what their truth is. I just help them bring it out. That's really all I'm doing. Um, I, every now and then I'll get somebody very rarely, but they'll say, um, do you do past life readings? And I said, well, what do you mean by that? Because in my mind, past life reading is me telling you what your past lives are. To yep, me, that's, that's what it is. <laughs> that's what I think it is, right? I mean, that's the definition. And I said, to me, I said, I wouldn't believe that coming out of anybody's mouth. I, that has no value to me. Um, I want to experience on my own, my own past life. And when I do, I know it's true for me. Now, this brings up the question, do you believe in past lives? Which inevitably, this is part of the discussion I usually have on the phone with people. They'll say, well, I'm not quite sure. This doesn't happen very often, but I'm not quite sure I believe in past lives. I said, well, it doesn't matter because I, I know when I studied with Roger Woger, he would always get asked that by students. They would say, do you believe in past lives? He says, well, Monday, Wednesday, Friday, I do. Tuesday, Thursday, Saturday, I don't. Sunday, I don't care. He said, because it's not the reason we do the work. The reason for doing the past life regression isn't to, it's not that you couldn't do this, but it isn't to, to prove you were somebody in a past life. That's, a, that is part of hypnosis. You know, that's part of what they do. The part of the reason we do it as a therapy is therapy. If you're, Having a, a remembrance that you were um, uh, a senator in Roman in Roman times, and you were uh, you know stabbed in the forum, <laughs> just whatever uh, stabbed in the forum. 
but your dying words are, I lied about it all. <laughs> you know? so, um, you're going to feel it's true. You're going to feel it's true. Um, well, how do you resolve that is the big question. Because underlying someplace there is this, is this sense of, uh, the, I'm just thinking about with Caesar, Julius Caesar, right? The play, you know, where the, the betrayal, the, um, right. <laughs> yeah, where betrayal is the real wound there, right? It's the betrayal. Um, having dialogue with the person or the A2 Brute, right? Having the dialogue with the person who betrayed you in that afterlife is the biggest healing of all. You know, that's what we're going for. It's like, what's, you know, what happened is, okay, you know, you get stabbed. There's a betrayal. You die. Going through the death, calling back in the ones who betrayed you. And maybe you find out even when you call them back that there was somebody else behind it. They were just the fall guy. Sometimes you find out it's your family members. Sometimes you find out it's your friends. And so many times I experience I, to a point now where I look for it. And that is, it's a certain, there's a certain signature in a chart where I know that there's usually a lie involved in the story. And I'm always looking for where the lie is. You know, there's always somebody else behind. Um, it's like, like if you have like a, a lifetime where you're the, you're the prince and you get, you're the heir to the throne and you get killed by somebody and, and you think it's your brother. And then you go back in the story and you still think it's your brother, but then you go after death. And I say, let's go back and look to see, you know, cause sometimes I'm, I'm feeling something. A lot of times I can see what's going on in their past lifetime, but I'm getting a feeling that, you know, it's just an intuitive feeling that something's amiss here. Something's not adding up. And if something's not adding up, I'm always looking to make sure um, that it does add up. And so I'm saying, let's go back and see, you know, you know, what's going on with your brother who you think that killed you. And anyway, long story short, sometimes you find out it was the mom behind it that put the hit on the son and let the brother take the fall. You know, so things like that are often in the mix there. And I can see that a lot of times in the chart that there's a betrayal is part of their history or there's a lie as part of the history that there's, and if you, if you're part of a lie, you have a hard time getting right with it. Even somebody says, well, it was your brother. But it doesn't feel right. You know, the intuition is kicking in saying, just doesn't feel right. Doesn't feel right. So really, this is part of that sleuthing that I've just kind of really gotten, you know, pretty good at. Cause I, I, it's just the way my mind thinks is trying to ferret out the untruths that people get left with that they can't resolve. Um, and this is a lot of times I think why therapies go on for, for years for people because they can't get to the real point. And this is where regression helps is you can, you can get to the real point there. If we can only go as far as our conscious mind can go in talk therapy, right? It's just, you're, you're just drawing from what you know consciously. Oh, I really don't know. I'm still mad at them. I know we talked about this and yeah, that makes sense, but I'm still mad about that. All right. You know what I mean? You can't really get to the underlying cause. A lot of times the things that we're mad about now are things that happened in a past life that we bring forward into this life because Freud called it repetition compulsory. You keep repeating, repeating, repeating the same old story, same old story, the same old people. And so we're trying to get right finally. And the soul wants resolution and it keeps coming back trying to resolve stuff. 
and you, you still only have the same toolbox to work with. <laughs> you know, it's like you want to build something different and you still got just the hammer and the nails. And it's like, well, you know, I, I really need, uh, you know, some new tools here. Um, so that gets, that gets in the mix. And that's one of the things that we're deep memory processes. You know, what's in the mix here? There's a lot of things in the mix. There are other people. Um, there are, you know, betrayals or these, all these different wounds and going out and f- replaying it and find out what really happened is really a big part of that, you know, regression necessity. That's very, very interesting. And it's, it's given me a lot to think about personally. I, I honest, I'll be honest with you. I, I didn't really have any idea what deep memory process was before talking to you. And I'm really glad to have learned about it from you. We're kind of, we've been talking for a while here um, where can people find you like your website, any social medias, because I know you have workshops and all that different stuff where you, you know, you're all about education. You're all about teaching people. So where can people come to learn more, potentially schedule a session, get in contact with you? We'll just plug yourself for a second. Okay. So I have a website. It's www.mysoulhealer.com. And I'm on Facebook under Connecticut Center for Past Life Regression. Um, I think on Instagram is Past Life Regression Connecticut, or can, I think is what it is, Past Life Regression Connecticut. Um, and I think those two, those three places, primary, is that covering it? I think website's yeah. a big, oh, anyway, I think right, you're on the website. Um, phone number's there, the email's there, the classes are there, and the workshops get posted. Um, I've got online, I've got an online astrology class coming up starting January 17th. I do have online, I mean, uh, ongoing workshops that get posted. Uh, sessions, I will take somebody any day of the week. I only just do so many per week. So for people that only can do weekends, that's not a problem, or weekdays, it's not a problem. I start at either 11 a.m. or noon, and that's you know, and then we go for the whole day. It's the optimum time where people actually function. I know you start late in the, you start too late in the day and they're snoring by the time. It's like, you know, you're, um, most of the way through. So, um, yeah, perfect. Well, you know what? We'll grab all the links uh, for Patty, and they'll be in the description. So if you feel drawn to contact her or go to her website, definitely go give her some love. Follow her on her social medias. Check out her site. And I'm going to put you on the spot, Patty, and say, do you have a message that you would like to leave for my audience? Like a parting, parting wise words. I think the parting wise words, if I'm thinking about being in a session with somebody it's always about just surrender the fear. It's really, if fear is the opposite of faith, just knowing that you are being supported and guided and trusting that you're being supported and guided and just, well, that phrase, I'll let go and let God just, um, just see what would happen if you let go of the fear and go for it. You'd be surprised. Well, that's a fantastic message, Patty. Thank you so much for coming on to my show and telling me about Deep Memory Process and all the other stuff that we talked about. It was so fascinating to learn about. 
Well, thank you for having me. I'm excited. <laughs> it was exciting talking to you. You had great questions. So thanks, Ian. That's it for today's episode. I would like to thank Patty for coming on and talking about deep memory process with me. And I would also like to thank you for tuning in. If you feel drawn to working with Patty, definitely reach out to her via her her website, her links and all that stuff. Definitely reach out to her. She knows exactly what she's talking about. Definitely don't forget to share the podcast with everybody that you know in the entire world. And don't forget to subscribe in your podcast player. Don't forget to reach out to Dr. Bruce Koloski for that 25% off of a board certification for clinical hypnotherapy or past life regression hypnotherapy. And if you want to come on to my show and talk with me, shoot me an email. My email is theregressionsession at gmail.com, and I would love to have you on the show. I hate it, man, that you both need-